Hey, everybody, before we get into the show, we have a major earth-shattering massive announcement. Nikki? Yes, it is that time again, Pete Wright. Our monthly planning membership is open for enrollment. GPS stands for Guided Planning Sessions, if you don't know already. We've worked really hard here at Take Control ADHD to provide you with a service that not only gives you ideas and strategies on how to plan your day and your week, but it also provides time and space for you to do the work and not just by yourself, but with others who understand and support you. We meet every Monday and Thursday, and there are three different sessions for each day that you're invited to attend. We are dedicated to making this membership to be one that is transformative in the way you think about planning and taking control of your time and schedule. There are so many benefits to the GPS membership, so please be sure to visit our website at takecontroladhd.com slash GPS. Enrollment is open now through May 8th. Thank you for your time and attention, and I hope to see you soon. On with the show. everybody, and welcome to Taking Control, the ADHD podcast on Rashpixel.fm. I'm Pete Wright, and right there is Nikki Kinzer. Hello, everyone. Hello, Pete Wright. Hi, Nikki Kinzer. How are you? Well, I'm I'm here, and I'm on time. Good. Right? This is I on my on time, schedule. But then I, made, I, I was on time, but I made you late. No, see, now you're you're <laughs> pulling back the curtain. Uh, I was trying to make a, ga- a gag on our title, show title today, like, right? And you, and you just told the truth and made I us did. look late. No, actually, though, this is good because it actually all goes in together. It all, like, flows, right? Because you were here, I was here, but yeah. then I was late because oh. I was having technical difficulty, which means we have to be flexible with our schedule going forward. I'll see what you did there. You brought it back I around. I love that so much. Thank you very we are, much. We are talking about <laughs> ADHD time today. Thank you to a listener who wrote in uh, with all sorts of questions, and we're going to talk about why sticking to a schedule is so hard. Before we do that, head over to TakeControlADHD.com. Get to know us a little bit better. You can listen to the show right there on the website or subscribe to the mailing list and get an email each time an episode is released. You can connect with us on Twitter or Facebook at TakeControlADHD. And if anything that we've done over the last seven years has touched you in any way, shape, or form, we sure appreciate you considering supporting us monetarily uh, over at patreon.com slash the ADHD podcast. Support us on Patreon. You get access to uh, all sorts of new goodies, uh, access to our Discord group uh, where you can live chat with wonderful ADHD people uh, from all over the world. Uh, it has become an incredibly valuable community to me and I know to others there. And uh, we sure wish you would join us there. You actually can join us for free and get into the, the global uh, chat and if you support us on Patreon, you can actually get access to even more stuff like weekly or monthly workshops from me and Nikki, uh, including the library of workshops that Nikki has already produced and is releasing over there. Uh, in addition to all sorts of great channels, it's just a great resource to learn. So help us out over there. Patreon.com slash the ADHD podcast. And uh, I think I think that's all the news. Do we have any news, any events coming up that I'm going to miss? I don't think so. I think we're good. I think we're good. All right. So let's talk about it. Listener email came in uh, to talk to us, uh, ask us about uh, ADHD time. Yes. And and why sticking to a schedule is so hard. So what I'm going to have you do, because you have the great Casey Kasem voice. Mm. Casey Kasem. (laughs) Yes. I'm going to have you read uh, her 
inquiry. Okay. And then what I'm going to do is I'm going to break it down break it into down. little sections oh. and talk about the different sections of it. All right. All right. Here we go then. I will I will commence the reading. I am 27 and was recently diagnosed. I'm in college online. I run a new and struggling photography business, so my days are all spent at home, minus errands, and live with my husband. I struggle most with sticking to my own plans. I'll spend hours or days coming up with a good schedule for my days and weeks that incorporates work, school, dates, and time with my husband, cooking healthy food, exercise, and downtime. But when it comes to just sticking with it, it's like I rebel against myself. I think I'm motivated. I feel motivated most of the time. I just never want to do what it is that's next. I'll end up doing something else, sometimes something productive and other times not, and getting sucked into hyperfocus and can't tear myself away. I've tried setting timers and reminders on my phone, but I just silence them and continue. Most days I barely even eat, and trying to get myself to exercise is like pulling teeth. Anyway, always an excuse. Recently, I came up with my latest great schedule and asked my husband to be my accountability partner for a few weeks until I can get into a groove, possibly longer as needed, but I've already begun to lie to him about how I'm spending my time and why. I just feel hopeless, and I'm not sure what to do or how to get myself to cooperate. It's like I'm trying to drive the car, but I'm being overrun by a rogue autopilot. Any advice? Oh, dear. Packed with a lot of stuff there. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. And uh, my goodness, that feels familiar. Yes, yes. This was a really good, I mean, she. I think she really explained herself nicely because I have a feeling that, that many people will relate to what uh, she's saying and how she's feeling. Um, especially when you do put the effort into taking so much time to plan mm -hmm. and thinking you're doing this great thing because uh, you are. It's just that I'm going to break down a little bit of uh, what I see maybe going on okay, and see if we can help her and others. Okay. So sticking to the plan. Um, so what I'm going to do is, is, like I said, I'm going to break this question down a little bit into some of the core issues that I'm seeing. Okay. Um, sticking to the plan. She's rebelling against it. She's resisting against it. So this is definitely something that I just was talking to um, one of my coaching groups about is resistance of, of why why we feel this resistance to things that um, we know we should be doing or what we've planned. So I think what she's feeling is definitely a very much an ADHD characteristic. It is part of her ADHD. So I want to make sure that she understands that, that it's not something that um, she necessarily needs to fix. It's more of something that she needs to kind of recognize and work with. Oh, right? that's, that's really important. And I think that's something that people forget. They think that the feeling, the emotional baggage that comes with the, the symptoms of ADHD, it's not just you, right? Yeah. Like not able to cope with ADHD. It is ADHD. Yes. That's a big deal. It is a big deal because yeah. now we see that there's a separation between you and the, the symptoms. Right. 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 Um, absolutely. So what she's feeling is very normal. All right. So planning and structure is really kind of a love hate relationship with ADHD. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Um, it's something that we know we want to do. It's something that can help us uh, stay focused. But there's also this resistance that we've been talking about. Um, and if, if we don't have a plan at all, then that can be a huge disaster as well, because then we're treading water all the time and we're just in reactive mode all day. Right. So. 
a plan can lead to disappointment if it doesn't work out. Um, again, kind of blaming yourself, but it can also lead into something good if we're more flexible with it. And we're going to talk about the flexibility around planning here in just a second. Um, so let's identify what you're resisting. Um, and we don't want to take your first answer at face value. So if I was to ask her, what are, what are you resisting about this plan? Whatever she says to me first, I don't want to really put too much account in. Like I want to, I want to dig in a little deeper mm -hmm. and find out, okay, so what's the emotional piece that's holding you back? What are you afraid of? What's going on here? Are you resisting the whole plan or are you just resisting pieces of it? Because there, we could be getting into all or nothing thinking that if not, you know, right. If there's just pieces of it that work. You may get stuck in thinking that none of it works because the whole plan doesn't work. Which is a very natural all or nothing kind of response for us. Right. Yeah. So what makes having a plan matter in the first place? So once we've kind of dug in a little deeper to figure out what's holding you back from this plan, uh, what are the benefits? How is this going to help you uh, during the day or in the evening? And um what parts of it are going to help you the most? Because one of the things that I see with ADDers is they get too detail oriented. They try to plan too much. They try to get too, um, too many details, which can be very overwhelming. So can we scale that back? Can we maybe not have every hour planned, but maybe we have blocks or, you know, I mean, there's just different things that we can do to kind of work around it. Right. This is the biggest thing I think with planning is we have to shift our plan to be an ADHD plan. Not, not um, in, in this case, it's not your husband's plan. It's not how your husband would plan. It, right. It's likely not even in a parallel universe to how your husband might plan. It's how you have to plan for your own brain. And it has to be flexible. It has to be movable. Yeah. I think that's the biggest key is that if you go into it thinking that you have to get this thing done at this time and you don't feel like doing it, that's going to set you up for, for failure, right? Because there's going to always be that resistance because again, it's the ADHD coming in. Yeah. It's going to fight you. Right. And so how can we make it not so bad? Well, we got to make the plan more movable. We have to make sure that we know it's a work in progress. This is not concrete, mm -hmm. right? We can, we can go away from it and it's okay. I haven't done anything wrong. Um, we want to add buffer time. We want to make sure that we're having space in our calendar because we're going to need it. Because again, ADHD is with you. So you could be getting distracted in ways that you're not even aware of and you're going to need that buffer time. So you don't want to schedule back to back, back to back. Mm -hmm. That's not going to help your ADHD. She's adding a lot of new things at once. And yeah. that was the first thing that I noticed is, you know, I'm trying to, let's me go back and look. Okay. I'm trying to incorporate work, school, dates, time with my husband, cooking, healthy food, exercise, downtime. That is a lot of stuff to be putting into a schedule if you're not used to having a plan work for you. Right. Which is, you know, it's great. It's aspirational. And, and sometimes, again, that all or nothing, nothing thinking, we sometimes think, well, this is what my life needs to look like. So I'm going to make it look like that today. Yes. And yeah, that's a recipe for a disaster. 
Yes, because it works for like one trash. day. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, and then the next day you feel bad because it didn't happen. So lots of things going on there. And what I would suggest is that we practice planning maybe one or two things at a time and see how that works for you. Again, yeah. we have to make this an ADHD plan for you and it has to be movable. Um, and so you can add more as you're comfortable and you're feeling good. Well, yeah. And that's, I no, I totally see that too, because that's, that's how I live on my calendar, which is movable, right? I, everything that's on there, I can move around. And, and I, I feel like, um, that for, I'm a very tactile person. And so for me mm -hmm. being able to touch that bit of data and move it to another place is, is me exercising my power over my, over myself, over you my bet. brain. You know what I mean? Like that's, yeah. that's kind of a weird way to think about it, I guess. But well, I like it. That's me. I like it. I like it. So practicing, you know, one or two things and seeing how it goes. Um, okay. So here we want to talk about the motivation. So she was talking about, I think I'm motivated. You know, I just never want to do what's, what's next. And then she finds herself getting sucked into hyper-focus. Well, you know, this is what I'm going to ask is that I want her to reevaluate her motivation after she has shifted the way that she thinks about planning. Yeah. You know, can I interject something here? Because I yeah. think that's really important. I think as ADHDers, this is my hypothesis, my theory. Oh, give it. Yeah. Yes. That we may think we know what it feels like to feel motivated, but we don't know what it feels like to be motivated very often, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. I, mm -hmm. I have a sense of what it feels like to be to be motivated because I may have experienced in the past or good Lord, I watch people around me who are motivated and who are productive. But most of the time I get a sense of what it of, of kind of the the mask of motivation that sometimes I have to wear the mask of productivity that I have to wear because my systems are are frail or failing. Mm -hmm. And that's the part that I think if we don't stop and say, OK, I, I and I love how she said it. I think I feel motivated. Right. Mm -hmm. I'm 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 like on the cusp of something great, but it feels it, like it ends yeah, up, right. it's just I have a mask on. And once I pull that mask off, it, it's it's not significant. It's not it, it's not rooted in anything. It's just vapor. It, it's just it's just lost time. And I think that's a good point. We think we think we know. Yeah. Um. And and what I want to to do is reevaluate this after you've made this shift too, because it may feel different. It may not feel as rigid, right? Like right. maybe you don't have to be as motivated as you think you need to be to get started on something when you feel more empowered about making that decision yourself. Yeah. Right. Because right. that I think is the I think that's what it comes down to is if you can create an ADHD plan that's movable and you feel good about it, then you empower yourself to make the decision on what you want to do during that time. Mm -hmm. It's your schedule. It's your life. You're the only person in charge of it. You get to choose and not feel bad about it. Yeah. And that gets you out from under the the weight of feeling like you're lying to your husband about you know, because yes. who are you lying to? I mean, you're lying really first and foremost to yourself, to yourself about yeah. how you're spending your time. And and one of the you know, one of the greatest and again, most difficult things for me is, you know, I've, we've talked about kind of my habits around food that I've been breaking right and how I feel about just diet and exercise and all that stuff. And one of the, the best things that I've ever done in motivating myself to make change in my life is figuring out how to not lie to my wife about, you know, 
what I eat when I leave the house. You know what I mean? Right. And and if I can come home and say those things out loud that I had a crappy day today, I had mm-hmm. a crappy, crappy day, or I I was not productive today. Uh, yeah, another another little side story, if I may. Can I? Yes, Do you mind? please. I have the floor. Here's the thing. I was talking to my uh, my friend and colleague, this, this psychotherapist, Dodge Ray, that we've talked about before, uh, and he said, uh, I made some comment uh, about something like my my variant of ADHD or whatever, how I've learned to accommodate sort of myself with ADHD. And he's, he, his response was, I, I thought, very interesting. He said, you know, I uh, he said, I'd give anything to have your kind of ADHD. Like, you seem like you have it all under control. And I said, you... You don't see it. <laughs> it fails because my ADHD is the kind of ADHD that is uh, unforgivably and unrepentantly organized, right? Like the dopamine hit for me that is that becomes so satisfying is in implementing new tools and accommodations around my own ADHD. But what you don't see is me having 40 hours of billable work at the end of a week and only billing two because I ended up setting up so many systems and living in five different to-do applications and duplicating hundreds of tasks across all of them so that I could see which one I like the most, that's my ADHD, and it sucks. And it's mm-hmm. terrible because on the surface, it feels like something that um, that I've I've got. I know all the ins and outs of all these systems, but deep down, I feel like I have to lie about my time on these terrible weeks. And and that is the thing that where I really connect to this email and where it really mm-hmm. feels like like we're plumbing the depths of what it feels like to to feel like you have to judge yourself against some yeah. impossible norm. Well, and it's interesting because you bring up the point, too, of not only this impossible norm, but judging yourself against other people that have ADHD. Yeah. Right. Because right. you do. You see something and you think that that's immediately, oh, well, they're doing well. Why can't I? You know, exactly. they, they graduated from college. Why is it so hard for me? Stop but I comparing. Think, uh, yeah. Well, stop comparing. And really, just like you said, you really don't know. Like it, that person could have really had a hard time, too. We don't know. It's like it looks good because they got mm-hmm. the degree, but that doesn't mean anything. I mean, it means something. But you know what I mean? It's. Yeah. I'm saying mean several times. That's but, all right. It, it, it means something. <laughs> it means something. Yeah, there you go. Well, I do want to talk about the accountability choice that she had, uh, which was her husband. So she tries two different strategies, right? So she talks about the alarms and um, timers, and then she talks about the accountability partner. Right. So these are two great strategies. And they're actually two really important strategies that ADDers probably will find more success more often than not when they have these things in play, especially the timers and alarms and the, I mean, well, the accountability partners just as important too. So let me talk about how they can be tweaked. So timers and alarms, I really feel are essential for the life of an ADD year Uh, because you cannot rely on your working memory. Yeah. Um, it, It, it's just not fair. Right. It's just not fair. So what we want to do is we want to change again the mindset around what these are. They're little flexible pokes (laughs) is what I'm going to call them Um, because they're there to remind you that you got to do something. Right. But if you keep ignoring them, you're not using them correctly. So you got to either use them less or change the time that you're being reminded. Um, and, uh, 
if it's really important, then we're going to go back to the the um, idea from Ari Tuckman in his his book when we talked about per- perspective memory. You snooze it. So you keep yeah. snoozing it until you do it. So there's just timers and alarms work. You just got to have them work for you. So this go is ahead. A ch- you have well, something to say. I do. This is a challenge only in so far as when you have acclimated. I'll use that word because it's sort of kind, right? Like it's it's like we've just changed altitude a little bit and our bodies are now adjusted to it. When you've acclimated to your alarms and you've absorbed them into the back of your mind and that muscle memory you have trained falsely to be the thing that you uh you know you ignore you press stop on your alarm instead of snooze you pr- i mean that that's a muscle that you've developed and i i don't necessarily want to say that um you know it's you know you've you've like you're you're broken at this point like that's that's not it you can always retrain yourself but the real question is how like what is it like you like you're saying right now nick you've got to change something change one element about how you're using the alarm that's going to force you uh into a new model and that's i think the thing that gets that feels so overwhelming when and and when we hear this all the time i use you guys say use alarms i use alarms and i just ignore the alarms the easiest thing to do is to ignore the alarm so how do you change uh this habit when you are already in the space of of being acclimated to your alarms so they're now they've lost meaning Great question. So here the alarm is a tool for you to remind yourself to do something. So what we have to do is take it a step before you're getting to the reminder. What is it that you have to do? And why are you resisting it? Yeah, okay. Okay. So if you are, if you continue to put the alarm off, take, you know, put it off, put it off, put it off, you're resisting this task for some reason. Oh, I, you know what? I just love that the way you're saying that because that's usually the things I have to set an alarm for are the things I don't want to do. Right. Right. The things right. that I, I don't want to change from what I'm currently doing to do this other thing. And so I'm going to set an alarm to remind me to do it because how great that'll be. But mostly I still have to get over the hump of why I don't want to do that thing that's I'm you trying to remind to, myself. Because the, the alarm is just reminding you to do it. It's not the alarm's fault. Mostly it is. Let's be clear. Those stupid alarms. It's all their fault. (laughs) It's not their fault. (laughs) They are just a tool. They are a tool. That you are being used. I know they're a stupid tool, (laughs) but I do think you got to figure out deeper. You got to go in deeper and really figure out what is it about this that I'm resisting? And is it important enough to have it on a daily reminder or whatever, right? Um, is the alarm being, is it poking you at the right time? Is it poking you <laughs> yeah. too many times? Right. You know, right. like you got to think about being a little more strategic about it. Um, but also I love that. Ask that question. What about, what is it about this next thing that I don't want to do so badly? The right. easy stuff is, you know, I got to put bread in the oven or something when the alarm is pre, when the oven's preheated, that's a little alarm that's going to go off. Super easy for me to break what I'm doing right now. Go in and put the bread in, in the oven. But an alarm that says, Hey, Pete, dummy, you need to stop what you're doing now and do your invoicing for the month. That's a disaster, right? Like that's a thing that I usually yeah. don't want to do. And, and you know what? I kind of feel like that's probably not the right way to use exactly. the alarm. Yes. 
Because, you know, I look at like my husband has an alarm every day that goes off at 240. For what? Every Monday through Friday because he picks up the kids. Okay. Well, when that alarm goes off, he doesn't ignore it. Right. He the leaves because the, the kids are going to wait kids. for him. Yeah. Yeah. But when you talk about something like invoicing, yeah, for sure. Why are you going to want to stop and do that when you don't want to do it? Right. And you're kind of having fun doing whatever it is that you're doing. So the alarm is not being used. It's not the right tool at that point. Right. So we got to figure out something other well, than that. Probably. And ask the question, what is it about bookkeeping tasks? I mean, bookkeeping is the the foundation of my business, right? It's what keeps right. food on the table. What is it about that task that I don't like? Right. Uh, you know, that is that's hard for me to get. At. And, and going through like I ask myself that question every single time it comes around. What mm-hmm. What is it about that? Like, I'm. I, that's one of those mm-hmm. things I feel like I need to work through in order to get mm-hmm. to the other side of mm-hmm. having the alarm go off and making it feel like bread is in the oven. I need right. to actually go and and want to do that task. What is yeah. that? How do you reframe that? So, right. you know, it's a rhetorical question now, but it's an important act of rhetoric that I think is important for us to think about. Well, and there's other ways to remind yourself that isn't with a timer or an alarm, too. So they're not the only reminders. I mean, you can use sticky notes. You can use a picture that represents something. You can, um, you know, have somebody tell you, you know, remind you like Mm -hmm. a person. Right. And we'll talk about accountability partner in just a second. So there are other ways to remind you to do something that doesn't necessarily have a timer or alarm to it. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yes, we want to be kind of choosy about how we use those but they do work that's what i want to say they do work if you're using them right um okay accountability partner she needs to choose a different one (laughs) (laughs) i'm just gonna throw that out there okay not the husband (laughs) the husband is never a good accountability partner for anything he's he's doing Uh, it wrong (laughs) (laughs) um and that's not true for everyone i get it but you know I'm on a health journey too. And the last person who's going to be my accountability partner is my husband for a couple of reasons. One is that he loves me too much. And so he's either going to be really easy on me or um, he's going to think, oh, she really wants my help. So then he'll be really hard on me and then I'm going to be upset. So (laughs) it's just not a good thing. Um, My guess is that she's lying about this because, you know, she's embarrassed. She's in shape. She's ashamed. Mm -hmm. And those are all, you know, very real feelings to feel, especially when you have your ADHD getting in the way of this. Um, But I think your husband's too close to the situation. So I would choose a different accountability partner. Um, Maybe if you can, another add -er. Right. Because I think that is probably really awesome because, you know, you're going to have someone who doesn't feel any judgment from you about you. You know, right. It's going to be a a, a very um, helpful, supportive relationship. Um, If I may be so bold, jump into the discord group at the ADHD podcast, because (laughs) that's where that happens. The the ADHD accountability channel is your new home. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that's I that is a great idea. And I wasn't even thinking about that, Pete. So thank you for putting that in there. But that's the thing is that you really probably want to choose somebody that's not quite so close to you so that you don't feel the need to be ashamed or embarrassed, that that you can just lay it out there. Right. Um, it's not healthy for your marriage. Um, you know, and and uh this goes back to what you were saying. Um, you're not helping yourself 
if you're not really honest about the situation. And when I coach with clients, you know, I always say that too. It's like, they have to be a hundred percent honest with me because then I can't help them. I can't, I can't go through this journey with them if they're not honest with me. I do have a little note here to talk about group coaching as well. So not just the discord, Ah. but group coaching is also very good with the accountability as well. So that starts in January. So we're not, we're not enrolling yet, but get on the wait list and then you'll be first. Get on the wait list. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Okay. Let's talk about hopelessness because this is something that we both felt sad about. Yeah. What was your um, first kind of thought when you read that? Well, only because it feels so, so familiar, right? Those yeah. that, that feeling of um, when you when you don't know what to do and you don't know how to get yourself, as she says, you know, get myself to cooperate. Uh, and, and I love how she says this rogue autopilot. For me, uh, it's a it's a nasty, like angry six year old, like clinging to my neck on my back, like just pounding on my shoulder. Do this, do that, do this, do that. And um, and and, you know, that's kind of how I envision that uh, that horrible feeling of like, I can't get myself to cooperate because there's this voice that I can't like you hear people like the by well you got to talk to your inner child or whatever get that you got to get that off your back well it's it's really hard and you never know when sometimes you don't even know that that autopilot is is in the you know pilot seat mm-hmm. uh, you're not entirely aware that you're being overrun and that's that's uh, that's a difficult and familiar feeling. You know, something that hit me, too, is that I know that one of the reasons you and I started this podcast a long time ago was to inspire people. It was to give people hope. It was to give people strategies and a conversation around ADHD. And so when I saw this, it did make me sad, too, because I was like, oh, that's that's the complete opposite of what our message is. And so the the one thing that I would say to her and anybody else that feels hopeless is that uh, you just haven't found what works for you yet. There is still a lot of hope. There yeah. is still a lot of things. And and it's not that it's going to be ever perfect because, again, as we were talking at the beginning of the, the call, the ADHD is there, but it's separate from who you are. And if you can see that and be more forgiving for yourself or more forgiving to yourself, um, you're, it, it opens up a different Percep- or perception of life, right? right? Like, okay, well, this happened, but I'm not a bad person and I'm going to keep doing the best I can. And, and uh, you know, you got to check those limiting beliefs. What's that internal conversation that you're having? Um, is this serving you? If it's not, then how can I switch that? Because I want to be a happy person. I want to see joy. I want to be grateful. You know, we want to keep looking for ideas. Something will click and then you may get bored with it. And guess what? That's okay too. Get right board with it and try something else move on move on um so that's the thing is i just you know there is so much hope and there's so many people out there that get you and understand you you're not alone and um you know again going back to the group of people that can support you makes a big big difference find the tribe find the tribe tribe Right. That's, that's the trick. Well, this is, you know, what a fantastic email to come in. And so I would say first and, and or, or to wrap up, uh, you know, thank you for trusting us with this uh, particular set of questions and experiences because uh, it, it's important and it's important to share. And I think that's a big step, you know, is feeling like um, you can reach into a, a group of people who are going to understand you or whatever 
reason, whatever shared experience. But that's that's us, and we sure appreciate you trusting us to be able to talk about it on this show. Uh, thank you very much for letting us share it with this community. Jump into Discord, uh, make that happen, find your tribe. Uh, I think that's all we've got. And oh, sign up for group coaching. It's it's totally great. That's it. <laughs> Thanks everybody uh, for downloading and listening to this show. We sure appreciate your time and your attention. On behalf of Nikki Kinzer, I'm Pete Wright, and we'll catch you next week right here on Taking Control, the ADHD podcast. <laughs>